I'm Anna Webb. This is A Dog's Life. Hey, Mr. Binks. You know it's that time of year when we all need a bit of a detox. Think about some healthy eating, shedding some pounds, even boosting our immune systems. Well, that's why we're about to jump on Zoom to chat to Dan Griffin about a very new range of raw that's super eco-friendly too. Hi, Dan. Thanks for joining me on A Dog's Life. Hi, Anna. Thank you for having me. Explain a little bit more about where you're at, particularly with the food firm called Wilson's. Um, so I joined Wilson's about two years ago now, um, which is a massive privilege being one of, one of the oldest pet food companies in the UK. Next year, we're actually celebrating our 160th year um, producing dog food. Um, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, and it, it's definitely something that we're going to celebrate. Um, and it's amazing to see such an old landmark in pet food um, kind of keeping on leading the way. Um, and like you said, we've got some new ranges um, of varieties and our main ethos has always been to care uh, about pets and to keep it simple. Um, so, so with our with our raw ranges, um, they're all single source. Um, they're all environmentally environmentally friendly. Um, so we've actually got them in compostable trays, um, all locally sourced. Um, and we, we've we've changed uh, the the names to actually make it a humanized menu. Um, I, I know, obviously. Um, you're, you're a massive fan of, of, of some of them, especially the salmon medley. No, it's brilliant, Dan. Um, I, I love the way that you've called your new range things like chicken hot pot and lamb tagine. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because if you, you know, say Wilson's is 160 years old, what was, what was dog food called 160 years ago, Dan? I and mean, I mean, what was the food then that Wilson's produced? I think, I mean, from, from, from memory, from looking back, I think it was mainly just like a muesli. Um, so, so bits of, um, so like a beef muesli um, and things like that. I don't think there was a massive range, but it was mainly around working dog food. Um, so that's really where Wilson's hit the market um, with, with, with working dog food. And um, mainly kept up in Scotland. Um, so so we're, we're, we still manufacture everything up in Scotland, which we're really, really proud of our heritage. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it's definitely come a long way. Definitely. Um, you, know, you know, I mean, gosh, the market couldn't really have changed more in, in a way. And I love it that you're bringing a wealth of eco-conscious experience to the firm. Is that right? And, and what are you doing exactly? Yeah, so definitely we're, we're really conscious um, as a um, pet food manufacturer of the materials that we um, use to, to put the dog food in. Um, we, we're also really conscious about where we source from. Um, so we, we do a lot of sourcing, majoritively sourced in the UK, um, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think only one ingredient um, from the lamb um, is rice and obviously we can't we can't have that here 
Um, but all the raw is all 100% sourced in the UK. Um, and I think it's really traditionally across all markets, um, plastic is the main use of housing of, of ingredients. And basically we're, we're trying to follow um, the leading way, uh, the, the leading companies in, in, in any industry. Um, I, I think a big thing with um, Attenborough, um, I think everybody's seen it and the massive impact of plastic um, to the world really. So what we're doing is, uh, we are putting everything in as little plastic as possible. Um, so our goal is to be zero plastic by the end of 2020. Wow, yes. that's a, a, a marvellous achievement. Because, you know, for me, in fact, actually, if you listen to episode two of A Dog's Life, um, carbon paw prints are quite a contentious yeah. issue, you know, yeah. because, you know, from where I sit, dogs are carnivores and therefore they need to eat meat. <laughs> but where a lot of vegans stand is that, you know, cows in particular create a lot of carbon dioxide and, um, of course, use a lot of land that could be used for crops but ultimately if we're thinking to try and keep dogs as healthy as possible and to eat what they're supposed to eat then to balance you know the the paw print with packaging like you do I mean I could say this is you know your meat products arrive in egg boxes really don't they Dan? Yeah so so it's all pressed sugar cane um, so it's all fully compostable and we we, we really have thought to the nth degree. Um, so we've, we, we even use recycled cardboard insulation for the boxes um, to make sure that everything in that box can be recycled. Um, and, and that goes with, we've also got a range of cold press as well. Um, and we're currently changing the range from plastic into cardboard boxes with um, compostable uh, bags inside. So we, we are trying to, as a very old company, be very young in thinking um, and very dynamic in the market and really give the market um, what, it's, what, it's, what it's desperate for, where, which is a food that doesn't impact the environment as much as, uh, as, much as um, a, a lot do with plastic and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, what would you say, Dan, you know, from an eco-conscious point of view, if absolutely every single... Um, type of processed food, you know, or, or, or food generally, you know, um, human and pet were to, to go like you've gone and be totally recyclable. Do you think that would balance the um, amount of livestock, cows and, and sheep we need on the planet to fuel um, a dog with meat as it's supposed to eat and not damage the environment? You know, would it balance it out? It's an interesting question, and I think it's a lot wider than just the packaging. Um, but I feel with Wilson's that we, we, we do as much as we can. Um, and, and there are certain aspects, like you mentioned, with livestock, uh, the production of methane and everything like that through, through cows grazing in the fields. It, it's, it's one of those things that you can't get around. Um, but what we, what we really do try and utilise um, is using... The, the key things, so minimal minimal um, distance traveled by the meat. Um, so our, our beef actually comes from two miles away from the factory um, and, and things like that. I think we don't have to change the world and we don't have to reinvent the wheel in the way that we produce pet food or the way that we package or anything like that. There are people leading the industry 
and leading many other industries by doing the little changes. And, and we don't have to do it all and almost go cold turkey on plastic. But I think the biggest thing is that we take these little steps that really do add together um, to create a better picture for the pet food pauperin. Well, I, I think that's really commendable. You know, the worry is for me that, uh, you know, I live in Hackney where, you know, most people are, are vegan. We've even got the only totally vegan pub up the road, actually, where even the alcohol is vegan. It's quite a, a statement, I know. So, you know, so many vegans do believe that dogs should be vegans but for me you know i think i appreciate everyone has their own point of view i'm vegetarian but you know if if all the land was covered in crop fields we'd lose so much of you know the valuable ecosystem that again helps create the balance that the world needs like you know bees <laughs> yes yeah definitely you know uh, like, like i said i don't i don't think we need to change everything um and I've, i i've wanna I'm not personally um, a vegetarian or vegan. Um, I, I actually grew up on a farm seeing um, the, the, the kind of cows in the field and the, and the sheep in the field, everything like that. I, I absolutely love it. And to, yeah, I'm, 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 very, I'm, I'm very particular to a Sunday roast as well. So I, I don't think I could do the full transition into be, being a vegan or vegetarian. Um, but once again, I think it, it's the little steps. And um, my, my partner's very eco-conscious. Um, so we actually do meatless Mondays. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, it's little steps that people can do. And, and, it, and whether it be a pet food manufacturer like us making these key vital steps to, to change the way that we do things um, and the footprint that we have. And it, it, even, down to, even down to someone... Um, walking somewhere instead of, instead of driving. I think it, it goes a lot further than um, just cows in the field or, or plastic or anything like that. I think everyone just needs to do what they can. Um, and then it, it's amazing how those little efforts all add together. Yeah, no, I, I agree, I agree. But going back now to your new raw range. So um, when did this launch and why did you launch it? So, we saw, um, we saw a gap in the market, which I'm sure that's how every range starts. <laughs> um, so we saw, we, we saw the growing demand for, for raw and minimally processed natural pet food. Um, but what we saw was a lot of people kind of getting slightly intimidated by the chicken necks and lamb's feet and, and, and that kind of real core raw um, feeders that kind of uh, uh, their house kind of looks like a scene out of a Halloween movie uh, because well. all, all the, all the deer, deer legs and everything like that and it's not for everyone um, um, so basically what we did is we, we really wanted to create a range that's approachable um, to, to ensure that the dogs are getting the best nutrition possible because at the end of the day why we all have pets and why we all um, produce the best pet food we can is to ensure that the dog's life is the best and the longest because we, we want them around the longest because they are part of the family. So what, what we did is we created a range, um, like you mentioned, the lamb to gene, beef hot pot, turkey dinner, chicken casserole, salmon medley, um, and steak and kidney. So it's a bit of a twist on on the humanization so so people don't get 
intimidated by it. So what they see that they're feeding is, is a mint um, that's got all of the key nutritional um, ingredients. Um, our premium range even includes herbs like turmeric, ginger, all of these key things for anti-inflammatories and the all-round health of the dog. So they, these, these raw trays, um, they really do give the dog everything that it needs. And it's not intimidating. It's easy to feed. It's, it's um, compostable. Um, it's all locally sourced. Uh, it's also made in the UK by hand in our Scottish factory. So we, we really are trying to make it available to every single person to be able to feed the best nutrition. Now, obviously, we realise that raw freezer space, things like that, aren't, uh, isn't a commodity that everybody has. And that's why we've obviously got the cold press range as well that we, we believe provides a, a fantastic nutritional value to the dog. I know. And cold pressed is great. You know, it's um, obviously a, a super alternative if you really are driven by convenience mm. and sterile, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, you know, so it's weighing up the benefits of health to your dog. You know, would you feed yourself, Dan? Would you miss out on your Sunday roast for <laughs> a sterile um, cereal instead? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, it's uh, my Sunday roast is very dear to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and I'm quite right, quite right, because we're omnivores and, um, you know, we need um, a little bit of everything to remain healthy because ultimately, you know, the old adage, you are what you eat, it is yeah. so true. And of course, you know, the, the science of nutrition has divergent over the last few years and and it's constantly changing which is why you know it's so interesting i always say about coconut oil at this point because 10 years ago uh, people had no idea that coconut oil had any benefits to your health whatsoever and now you know a decade later we know an awful lot that it can even help with cognitive function so and boosting the immune system and so on so it's a fascinating field but like you say and I agree with this so much that uh, you've got to keep it simple you know feeding ourselves and, and feeding our dogs shouldn't be complicated and it, and it should just be so natural basically because it's the one thing we've all been doing all our lives you know and it should be about fueling your cells for optimum health which I, I know for me Dan you might not agree it is about unprocessed food which is obviously your raw range yeah yeah no I, I, I completely see that I mean it's it's a there's so many benefits to raw um it, it's an absolutely fantastic way to feed your dog um and to keep that prime nutrition and dogs don't need much um they 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 just need love and good food <laughs> yeah yeah a bit <laughs> like a human really yeah yeah i feel like i've just described me <laughs> well, um, <laughs> they always it, say that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach <laughs> <laughs> yeah very very true um and yeah it, it's it, it's one of those things where uh, that, that's why i love working in the pet food industry and love working for wilson's because the food that we produce i can really stand by um and i've seen every bit of sourcing i've seen every bit of processing that goes into it and i can firmly stand it whether it be at the show at crufts or 
um, at a trade show or just at National Pet Show, any, any of them. And, and I can talk to people that feed their dogs and the amount of people that just said, it's so confusing. Please, can we just have a dog food that is, is a good range, um, made in the UK, uh, that we don't have um, to do a load of things for, that, and add a load of things. We, we just really want to make sure that the dog's getting everything it needs. And it, it's amazing to be able to deliver that. Yes, no, it's extremely exciting. You know, I mean, I've seen the raw food sector explode. You know, I was feeding raw in 2002 and, and, and with my first dog, Molly, my first miniature bull terrier. Prior to that, at home with dogs, because my father was quite an old dad. So he was actually born in 1920 yeah. <laughs> and had fed dogs. You know, they always had dogs all, since then, you know. So ultimately, it was never really processed what we fed our dogs at home. You know, it was leftovers, boiled bits of this and that, bones from the butchers. Um, so... I just inherited that view really and being a bit you know conscious of, of what I eat myself you know um, I fed raw and it was brilliant in 2009 that was the year it exploded and some three big brands took off and subsequently you know this providing as you are doing a raw balanced and complete meal it's like a frozen meal isn't it being delivered to your door that all you have to do you don't even but the good bit is you don't have to cook it like a human frozen meal you just put it in the bowl once it's thawed <laughs> for me it's it's great we have i have countless discussions especially with um the premium range because it's got bits of the veg and everything and we're, the salmon medley is actually 90 92 percent um salmon um and then we've got the veg and herbs so it almost it's like fish 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 cake when uh, people unbox it and and it's it's amazing to kind of get that response is not only is it a humanized menu, but it looks like a human meal, um, <laughs> yeah. which, which can't be. <laughs> I, I, I've got to say, I haven't tried it, but I've um, I've heard rumors of a couple of stockists that have taken it home <laughs> um, and tried it, which I obviously do not advise <laughs> <laughs> why not you know perhaps it's full of good meat nutrition that's for sure now you've got a puppy sprocker haven't you dan yes i do uh, pippa she's actually sat next to me in the office here oh bless her bless her what made you get a sprocker and ultimately what are you feeding her on <laughs> okay so um i actually got notified from dawn um over at spaniel assist a fantastic organization that um does a lot for um spaniels that need rehoming um through through multiple scenarios um and, and you, you see it all the time through changing it changing structure to to um to not being able to look after them and everything like that so basically pippa was a covid rescue um a, a very young uh, I got her at four and a half months um, during the first lockdown. Um, as um, a key worker, I was able to travel um, to to get her, which was a massive relief. Um, oh, that's so that's so amazing because you know this COVID surge in what I'm calling puppy love. It's been such a knee jerk reaction, I think, to um, this, you know our human condition of being suddenly alone and yeah. it's in you know it's interesting to hear already of one casualty of this 
puppy pandemic in a way. So because I think many dogs are going to be facing homelessness. All these lockdown puppies now, Dan, they've all hit adolescence. And I know a lot of people are finding it quite hard to deal with, you know, an adolescent puppy, again, with the current lockdown restrictions. So, I mean, why do you think people turn to dogs so much during the lockdown? Personally, I think there's a few reasons. Um, As you know, Anna, I do a lot of work with mental health. Um, and uh, specifically with male mental health um, due to personal circumstances of things that happened a couple of years ago. I've really got involved with mental health, understanding it, and I've done um, a, a lot of charity work um, with it. And so, so it gives me a level of kind of understanding through speaking to, to some industry professionals. Of, because funnily enough, I did ask, and I said, why do you think that dogs are... The, the, the knee-jerk reaction because it, the, there's so many other things that obviously people can do and people can have but I think dogs have always been a companion to people when you when you look at I, I was recently listening to your other uh, podcast the less we forget one um, and it, it was a, there, there's one story that really struck, stuck with me about the dog passing away after the the owner was and killed in action. Oh yes, yeah, Theo, um, yes, and yeah, um, we, Corporal which, um, Liam Tasker, yes. Yeah, and it, I mean, that, I think, that that really is the backbone of it. A dog isn't just ever, ever, ever something that you own. Um, it, it's part of the family. Um, and the reason why I got a Cock Spaniel is because I always grew up with Cock Spaniels and they, <laughs> for, for how mad they are, they're also exceptionally loving, loyal and incredible dogs. I love Cockers. I, we rescued one actually when I was uh, 16. She was my dog till I went to um, Oxford Polly. Um, yeah. yeah, Minnie her name was. Um, she was a, um, a show type and uh, yeah, long story there. Loved her to pieces. I, I think people people search for structure. So being able to have a dog and, and be able to say, right, I need to get up and, and almost have something that you need to be looking after in, in the respect of waking up, walking, um, getting out, exercise, um, and, and having someone someone there as a companion, especially if, for example, you live alone, um, it is absolutely fantastic. But I think one massive thing um, for me is just to research the um, type of dog that you need and the, the, that you want, really. I think a lot of people look at what other people have um, and they say, oh, well, um, if, if they've got one, I can have one but they don't realise the work level that goes into it and simply just type in, um, for example, Cock Spaniel activity level and it's always very high in five stars. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things that people think, oh, well, they're small dogs, um, they're very cute and everything like that. Oh, that, that would be a perfect dog. But it, there's a reason why they are a working breed <laughs> because they do not stop. Um, exactly exactly you know I I don't ever recommend them to anybody living in London for example so I feel it's a bit cruel as well because you never see a pheasant burst out of a hedgerow (laughs) you know on the Hackney marshes um you see some other birds actually like heron indeed but you know so I don't feel they can fulfill their their natural instinctual you know um desires however the show type cocker is a lovely alternative that's what Minnie was actually 
actually rather than yeah. a working type cocker so um yeah but going beyond you know um rescuing your own dog you you do a lot don't you through wilson's um for charities dan yeah it's it, it, it's something that we're i'm really really proud um of that, that, that we do um we actually donate two and a half percent of every sale um whether that's through uh, stockist or whether that's um, through online or, or anything. Um, so we donate two and a half percent of each sale to a rescue centre. Um, so what we do is every quarter um, we select a charity. Now, if you are listening to this and you um, know of or work with or, or run a, a rehoming charity, um, get in touch. Um, we're, con we're, we're always looking for people to support. Um, so basically every single quarter we select a charity and the two and a half percent of the weight of the sales from that quarter get sent out um, to that rescue centre. So we've fed thousands of dogs up to now um, and we are currently looking um, for, for next charities. And I think it's so key right now because these charities are self-funded a lot of the time um, and they rely on donations. So they, they aren't able to go to shows. They aren't able to go to um, do events or, or, or anything like that at the moment. So I think it's so key um, the support that we give because they need the food. And, and that's obviously one of the most important parts of having the dog um, in their care. How do people nominate a charity then down to you? How, so simply they just go onto the website um, and we've got, an, we, we've got a part there for Wilson's to the rescues um, and then they get in touch and, and simply email info at wilsonspetfood.co.uk. Um, we, we are looking to do kind of a nomination um, things across our platforms. Um, so keep an eye out on our Facebook, Instagram, um, and we'll be asking for nominations um, and asking for people to recommend. Oh, that's that's brilliant. That is so exciting. So what's your social media handles? Go on. <laughs> so it's um, hashtag Wilson's Pet Food. Okay, that's simple. You yeah. can remember that one. <laughs> that's good. Um, so, you know, so 2021, Dan, gosh, you know, how do you think it's going to be better? And might any developments involve a little bit of gr raw green tripe, please? <laughs> I know that is your firm favourite. So obviously, we'll have the um, raw um, raw range um, with the humanised and the core menu of the 8 to 10 10s. Um, we're, we, we're also transitioning our um, cold press from all of plastic to uh, cardboard boxes to go hand in hand with the 2021 um, zero plastic. That's amazing. And I guess, you know, just working with people to create a togetherness, which is, I feel, part of, you know, the, the way you operate as a company. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got an amazing following, um, and I love to speak to people um, at the shows, and and we we've got some some people that order um, and simply ring the company to tell us how well the dog's doing, which is always amazing because nobody ever rings somebody with good news. <laughs> it's I always. Think 
Yeah, no, that is amazing. But I think, you know, if we've learned anything from this year, it is to be kind and to just do yeah. something like that, ring someone up and be kind because this research isn't there, Dan, going back to mental health, a very quick bit, that the more you are kind, the more you become kind. It's yeah. a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, exactly. And, and to be quite honest, I mean, a, a, a big thing for me is, you don't know how somebody else's day is going. So even the tiny gestures of, uh, of while well, you're out on a walk saying, hi, how are you? Um, even a simple good morning and a smile, like these gestures can lift somebody's mood. Um, and there's a massive thing with, with, with the human race that we are better together. Um, and no one has to go through life just with the dog or, or just by themselves or anything like that. And I think even if you don't know someone, um, you can smile and, and say hi. I think it, it's, it's such an easy, free gesture. Exactly. Um, and, it's and, like and, saying thank you, isn't it, Dan? Yes, that yeah, that or, seems to have or, gone out of fashion um, yeah, in recent or, years. <laughs> yeah, or holding the door open or all these amazing traits that were drilled into me by my grandparents. Um, it's, it's one of those things and I mean we do a lot um, on, on the on the mental health side um, so we actually released uh, top tips um, for kindness um, on our Facebook page um, and, and Instagram at Wilson's Pet Food like I said and um, it, it's just top six and it's just spread kindness it, it's free it, it's easy <laughs> and and like i said the biggest thing for me is you don't know what 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 how the other person's day's going you don't know what they're going through or what they're carrying with them so just just to be just to know that if if they go on a walk at that time they can see that nice person that says hello and <laughs> um, really can brighten up somebody's day exactly and then just you know kind of wrapping up it goes back to the dog really because without dogs you know lockdown would have meant being indoors a lot more um yeah. dog owners were given the extra privilege for an extra stroll around the block you know for yeah. um you know comfort purposes for their doggy uh and yeah you know man's best friend is the gateway to the outdoors <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely it's uh, and also obviously exercise makes you feel better all of these things and it's i, I mean i I couldn't imagine my life without a dog. Um, it, it's one of those things that I'm so fortunate to um, live in in a in a countryside town uh, where where the, the the abundance of walks and everything like that is is incredible. And it, it's I, I, yeah, I, I love waking up on a Saturday morning, taking the dog for a walk, and and just having my uh, having my earphones in and just. And, and just shutting down the week. And, and that, that for me is the perfect Saturday morning, just to shut everything down. And well, no, Dan, listen, you know, dogs are brilliant. And I love it that you've rescued your, your, your sprocker. And I really, really look forward to hearing more about uh, Wilson's, particularly Wilson's Raw. And Dan, I hope you'll come on again. I'd love to, Anna. I'd love to. It's, it's been an absolute privilege to, to, to come on and, and talk about um, like you said, the man's best friend and, and why, we, why, we, why we get up in the morning and come to work. That's our show, Mr Binks. What did you think? Yes, I know you love that salmon medley. 
Oh, it is good, but I'm not sure I'd turn it into a fish cake. At least not just yet. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please go and rate and review the episode. We're on all podcast platforms. Thanks to Mike Hansen, my very patient producer at Pod People UK. For more on me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. And of course, thanks to Dan Griffin. All his handles about Wilson's dog food are in the show notes. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, we will be back in your feed next Sunday. That's because A Dog's Life is weekly. So why not subscribe today? That way you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Bye.